0: Hello, and welcome to Rewire. Whether you're a baby boomer or a baby zoomer, a millennial or an elder ally, enjoying retirement or planning ahead, this podcast provides you with the information and inspiration to help you live your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess Dale.
1: Episode 7 on August 16th. Happy National Roller Coaster Day. Not a holiday I typically celebrate, but tomorrow, August 17th, I do celebrate National Black Cat Day. I also celebrate National Thrift Shop Day, and I probably celebrate that more than just one day a year. And it is National Nonprofit Day. Most of us know what a nonprofit is and what they do, and this day was created for us to bring awareness and attention to them for all of the altruistic things that they do in our communities and the world around us. Today might be a good day for you to consider giving of your time, treasure, or talent to a nonprofit that you endorse and support. And a wonderful nonprofit known as MoveOn.org that does many things in the nonprofit world is making it possible for you this month to create a free online will. And that's because August is National Make-A-Will Month. Now, I have heard it said that people teach what they need to learn. And so I guess in my case, I stream what I need to learn and do. I realize that making a will is a sensitive, sometimes difficult topic. It makes most of us cringe or we want to book a cruise on the river of denial. But especially for those of us in our older years, it's really, really important that we create a personal will or a state. Now, you may be someone who thinks you don't have a lot to give away or you don't have children. And yet, it is really critical that you decide what happens to what you own, where it goes, or to whom. Otherwise, the state steps in and makes that decision for you, in addition to the fact that it's not leaving that burden up to your caregivers or loved ones to scramble with during their time of grief. So go online to www.freewill.com slash moveon and please be sure to determine ahead of time and include the critical information of who gets custody of your furry family members. Other options for basic wills are meetfabric.com, LegalZoom, or willmaker.com. And if you do have a complicated estate, you might need a lawyer, but there are so many affordable or free options, there is no reason to not create a will. And as they say, where there's a will, there's a way. And now let's make way for today's guest. Hello, Adrian. Thanks for being willing to join us today. I'd like to introduce our audience to Adrian Smith, and she works with the New Mexico Caregivers Coalition. And she's going to tell us a little bit about what that organization is and about herself. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you, Duchess, for having me. Tell me about who you are for this organization and the history or the background of this coalition.
2: We started our organization in 2009 as a result of a small planning grant from a governmental organization, as a matter of fact, the Developmental Disabilities Council. And that executive director at the time back in 2009, wanted to learn if there was the voice of a caregiver out there. When retrospect, after all these many years have gone by, I think he might have meant, in large part, a family caregiver. We kind of took it in the direction in the early days as advocacy for the direct care workforce. During COVID, really turned to support any and every kind of caregiver in every way. We advocate for paid professional Caregivers, we also advocate for family caregivers, most especially for those who are are paid or should be paid uh, for
1: their role as a caregiver. That's uh, amazing. It's wonderful. I don't doubt that you had your work cut out for you during those pandemic years. (laughs) We did, in fact, since our inception, have been
2: developing a lot of training programs because in those early listening sessions that formed our foundational programs, Advocacy was an important thing that caregivers told us they needed and wanted. Training was another one of those things. And for paid professional caregivers, it was always better wages and benefits. But there is one thing, one characteristic that crossed over all categories of caregivers, and that was respect and recognition for the work that they do.
1: Yes, that's vitally important. Our advocacy
2: oftentimes is really specific. It's really detailed. It has to be because of written laws that are already in place. We're always trying, with all the work that we do, trying to lift up the caregiver and caregivers' voices in order to bring public awareness around to the critical nature of this workforce and the fact that it's undervalued and underrespected.
1: Does the organization still hold listening session for caregivers?
2: Yes, I'm so glad you asked. Thank you. We are finalizing a written report that will detail all of the things that we learned listening to caregivers' rural tour that we've just completed across southeastern New Mexico and Farmington, New Mexico, where we heard from caregivers all across the state. We ask, when we do these things, which we've done now five or six different times over our history, we ask legislators and elected officials to come out and welcome their constituents and then for them to stand back and listen to what caregivers have to say. So the legislators themselves can learn about what is important. And caregivers bring their challenges, but they also bring solutions to the problems that they see. We also have different ways for people to access and get in touch with us and be part of the organization and the movement building too.
1: That's fantastic. I love the fact that you're having legislators listen in addition to regular folk or citizenship and the caregivers themselves. I think that's great. Let me toss in the website now, in case someone wants to go there. And that is www.nmdcc.org. I'm thrilled to know that you're still doing listening sessions so that this stays an active and current coalition, not just a one-shot deal. <laughs> I looked on the website and I saw that you offer a training and certification. Could you address that, Adrian?
2: Because of the very first listening sessions that we conducted in, even before our organization was formed, caregivers told us that they wanted and needed better training, adequate training, more than just learning how to fill out a timesheet to get paid. They wanted training so that they could feel more confident, and more in control of the roles they had as caregivers. So the very first trainings that we developed and then and still deliver today are the 10 core competencies that every caregiver should know. But crosswalks with the New Mexico Administrative Code that personal care services and home health agencies are expected to know and all of their employees are required to know. After that first, what's called a customized training for caregivers, we have Many, many trainings that we've developed since then that span the range of topics like infection prevention, safe transfer lifting, and those kinds of things so that the caregiver herself doesn't get hurt. We have training on self care, on leadership development in your community. We have trainings on communication skills dealing with people with dementia so that Mm -hmm. you don't lose your cool. We have training on financial literacy so that caregivers know how to. Put some money away. We just have a Bank of America and Money Smart, different kind of resources for caregivers who are, in fact, the fastest growing set of occupations in New Mexico and among the lowest wage workers in our state too.
1: Whoa, that's quite a oxymoronic st- statement. I'm sorry to hear that because I believe that there is a need for that. And what I was thinking about, as you said that earlier, you were talking about oftentimes we think of a caregiver as a family member, yes, and there are many people who don't have family that would fall into line for that, or they're separated from their family in another state, which is why we do the podcast, so people who might have a relative here in New Mexico would know where to go or what to do. So if someone was looking for a caregiver, would they contact your organization?
2: It's really not what we do. We're an advocacy organization. At the same time, we don't recommend one agency over another. What we're trying to do is help develop the image and deliver training to those who are already out there. I'll tell you that we see this as the biggest, most important pressing crises in the country and in our state. Yet we've known about this for now more than nearly 20 years. This is a workforce crisis. What we're trying to do really is get more people, more stakeholders who care about these kinds of issues to get involved with advocacy. There are lots of places where caregivers from out of state could go. We probably will announce a registry that links caregivers to care recipients. That would only be for respite. In that sense, it's limited. The other thing is, unless we've seen them in our trainings, it's hard to really vouch for somebody. Our organization really is about the workforce.
1: We're not so much a caregiver repository. Gotcha. I think that was an important clarification. I wouldn't want people just calling you saying, give me a list of names. I, I do want to go back to something I heard you say, which was one of the trainings is self-care. I think that's so huge to think about self-care for the caregiver that often gets overlooked, whether it's a family member or an employee caregiver. I think that's wonderful that you're making that available so that the caregiver themselves can do that for themselves as well.
2: I tell you that the latest data are that 29% of, mem- of family members who are caregivers to a loved one don't even have the time, say they don't even have the time to get mental health counseling, therapy, or engage in self-care. That's one third of all family caregivers all across the country from a survey conducted by AARP who say they don't have time even to go get the help that they need because it's probably a combination of things. There are still Mm -hmm. caregivers who are caring for a family member who are in the workforce. If they walk away from their probably highest earning years, they're risking walking away from a lifetime additional earnings of $300,000 that could be compounding according to the Federal Reserve Bank. They also may be a part of that sandwich generation who are caring not only for children, their own children, but also adults, their parents and their grandparents. That 29%, it doesn't surprise me at all, the 29% who don't have time to go get mental health counseling for themselves.
1: That's a sad statistic and in a way not surprising because in my humble opinion, I don't think as a society we teach or foster self-care anyway. People don't know how to put that into practice ahead of time before it's really needed, as it is if you become a family caregiver, especially, as you say, if they're sandwiched like that. I love the fact that you offer that training for your workforce. Among these programs, then someone who is a caregiver in the workforce might contact you to align with the coalition and maybe to receive the extra training.
2: That's exactly right. And they should contact us. I didn't mean that people should even consider whether to contact us or not. You <laughs> definitely contact us. In fact, probably half the calls that we get to our office every day are caregivers who are looking for work. We might have somebody on the top of our list who was looking for work. It doesn't mean we can vouch for them. The other half of, care, of calls that come into our office are from care recipients or family caregivers who are seeking affordable care. Because they're too wealthy to qualify for Medicaid, but not wealthy enough to afford out-of-pocket private care costs. We're always trying to kind of educate any kind of caller who calls us, not only educate them, but then get them involved. Because nine times out of ten, the caregiver who's calling us on the other end of the line is already in crisis. And it's very likely we can connect them to somebody, maybe even with a warm handoff. We can stay on the phone and conference them into the Aging and Disability Resource Center, which is a huge organization that we support and refer people to all the time. That they're just really skilled staff who work there. They've got their fingertips on the pulse of all these resources in New Mexico and how to get the best outcome for the person who's already in crisis.
1: I have talked with many people from that department, and they're kind of aligned with the Aging and Long-Term Services Department that sponsors this podcast. And again, I every so often, I meet someone like you, or I get more information about what is available for a New Mexico citizen, at, particularly as they are aging. And it's really amazing and wonderful what is offered within our state for people who need it. I want to thank you for that, which reminds me, Tell me about who you are, what you do for this organization.
2: My name is Adrian Smith. As we said at the outset, I'm the president and CEO of the organization. And I founded the organization. My background is workforce development. So it was easy to see that this was a workforce that was just going to explode back in 2009, right about when we started. And so that's been my interest and my Reason first, sticking with it all these years.
1: Is this a nonprofit or how is the coalition funded?
2: We are. We're a nonprofit. We're a 501c3, so we're tax exempt according to the IRS.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We are funded through foundation grants and any kind of government contracts and grants and also individual donations. We don't have membership dues. Anybody who Connects with us or sits through a training or anything like that. We talk about them as a member, but there are no dues for any person to belong. What is really important to us and was important at the outside of the organization was that no single individual caregiver voice would be any less vocal than, say, an agency voice or oh. an advocate voice or another stakeholder voice. So it's really individual caregivers that we promote push forward, and whose voices we want to lift up. Having said that, we want everybody and anyone who supports caregivers to be a part of what we do.
1: Uh, That sounds great. And if I'm not mistaken, since you and I spoke a a bit briefly before the podcast, your organization and perhaps yourself will be at the conference on aging that's taking place in Albuquerque next month in September. I believe you said there will be a workshop, and exhibit. You want to tell us a little about that?
2: Yes, we'll be in the exhibit hall, obviously, with kind of listings of all the things that we do. There are two workshops in particular, and I've talked about them on the podcast with you today, Duchess. One of them is the Programs and Advocacy of for New Mexico Caregivers. So that one will really be talking about our policy wins over the last few years, the direction we think we'll be going in 2024 ways to get involved with us, either as an advocate or if you just want to take advantage of trainings and opportunities through our organization, ways to be a part of that. We'll have a second workshop on a respite care resources in particular and a respite care training portal that we developed. We didn't develop it. The ARCH National Network, through funded through the Administration on Community Living, funded it for us for the state of New Mexico there's a training portal that's online, self-paced, no training that we ever deliver. We want there to be a charge attached to it for caregivers. That's all already online and up on our website. And it's a training portal that's online, self-paced, and it results in a certificate of completion for a person to be a respite care worker. And then the second thing that we'll be talking about in that conference, I hope, is as part of the respite care workshop is a registry. So that all who have finished, the respite care training can put your name up on this registry and be found as a respite care training provider.
1: Excellent. I'd like to ask. I'm not sure. I'm clear. What a respite care? I know about caregiving hospice, yeah. but would you define respite care for us?
2: Yes. Thanks for that question. It's a, it is a funny word. Respite is just needing a getting a break or getting a recharge. So respite applies in my mind anyway. Especially to family caregivers who might be able to hire somebody, say, down the street or even hire a paid professional caregiver, if they can find such a person, just to be able to step in for an hour, two hours, four hours, a couple of days so that the caregiver itself
1: can get a break. I thank you for that clarification. That's so necessary, just to be able to have someone come in and maybe that the caregiver can go and do their medical appointments or their recreational needs. That's the difference. I think that that sounds like a very critical piece to self care for the caregiver and even self care for the c- caregiver caregiver. <laughs> that
2: is so true. So that's a tool or a set of tools that we hope we're putting you know out to new mexicans at no charge that will help improve the lives of family caregivers in particular
1: that's fantastic and you mentioned that some of that training is on the portal on the website is all the training that or is it hybrid or all online
2: yeah great question for the respite care training it's all online okay we'll hold your hand if you need a, if you need to just phone pick up the phone or email uh, us and we can help you with any part, I don't see that any person would have a problem accessing that training portal. Of the other trainings that we do that I mentioned, including the self-care, those are most often Zoom, hybrid, and in-person. And typically, if there's a group or an agency that asks us to come out and do a training for them, we're delighted to do that. We don't often do one-on-one trainings, but we'll do larger groups open to the public. They're always open to any caregiver who wants to attend though.
1: Excellent. An amazing amount of information that I'm hoping turns into inspiration to people who might need a caregiver or who needs that respite care for themselves somehow. And I'm hoping that people can win their way to Albuquerque next month for the Conference on Aging. The conference itself is hybrid, so they'll be able to get more information about you. And as I said, the website is nmdcc.org, and they can reach someone at the coalition 505-867-6046. We also
2: have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube page that has mostly the trainings, previous trainings published up there. So if you had listeners who were just interested in putting a foot in the water, and like I said, none of this costs anything, we have a web, a YouTube uh, channel that's uh, fairly new that we really like.
1: That's that's great. You've done an amazing job creating this, Adrian. Let's close with what is your favorite thing about your work?
2: Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate to have your listeners have dead air, but I don't want to hem and haw about this. It's hard to say, Duchess. I have a a quote by Winston Churchill that I keep at my desk and I look at it every single day. Mm -hmm. Success is going from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm.
1: Oh. Oh, that's a fabulous quote. I love quotes. So I'm going to now adopt that in my brief getting to know you today. It sounds to me like you have adopted that quote in your heart and in your purpose in serving this state and humanity. So I want to thank you, Adrian, and I hope to get a chance to meet you in person at the Conference on Aging. And anytime you think you want to come back and talk about something, or if there's a new program, or if there's something that's coming up before the legislature, you give me a holler, okay? Thank you so much, and thanks for talking to me today. Thank you, Adrian, for bringing your passion and purpose to support seniors in New Mexico. We know that self-care is equally as important as caring for a loved one, so I'm glad to know your organization exists to help out with that. Now on Tuesday of this week, I was interested to learn that it was the birthday of New Mexican-born Denise Chavez. After earning two master's degrees, Chavez went to work on her first novel called Face of an Angel, which was published in 1994. This novel includes excerpts from the diary of the protagonist, who was a career waitress, as well as waitress etiquette and a philosophy manual. Now, Chavez herself had spent more than 30 years waiting tables. And in her writing, she also incorporates her bilingual background, and she does not italicize Spanish words in her work, which has often caused conflicts with the editors who think it should be done differently. Chavez has also written several plays, three novels, and a memoir with recipes. I am hoping to try and track her down as I would love to interview her as a guest on this show because she is the director of the annual Border Book Festival in Las Cruces here in New Mexico. So if anyone has contact with her, please ask her to get in touch with me. She can reach me at yourliferewired@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And if you are inspired to write your own book, your memoir, a reminder that you can join a free online class through Cuesta College that begins this week. You can contact the fabulous instructor, Sarah Rowan, who was a guest on the podcast back in May, and she will give you more information how to register. So simply go online to rowan. R-O-A-H-E-N dot com. I want to remind you about the conference on angine that is coming up next month, September 12th and 13th. This is a hybrid event so you can join us here in Albuquerque or watch online. The workshops, guest speakers, there will be exhibits and vendor tables, all kinds of wonderful things. It is sponsored by this show sponsor, Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. So register by calling 1-800-432-2080. Or go online to aging.nm.gov. Just consider sharing this podcast with someone you care about that might need a gentle nudge or invitation to rewire their lives to their best yet. Thank you for joining us this week, and until we meet again, refresh, reconnect, and rewire.
0: This show is sponsored by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. You can contact that department by calling 1-800-432-2080 or online at www.aging.nm.gov. Our original music is written by New Mexico's own Lydia Clark. Join us next week on your favorite streaming platform. Till then, remember to reconnect, recommit, and rewire. We've
2: got information and inspiration.